0: I want to start um, by talking about what you're up to at the moment, because you have an amazing role. You're Ambassador for Emerging Talent at the British <coughs> Fa- Fashion Council. Um, tell me what that role means and why championing young designers and young talent is so important to you.
1: Since university fees came in with Tony Blair and then were tripled by the um, coalition government, um, so we're now at £9,000 a year fees for, um, for a BA. Um, what i'm what we're seeing is that the entrepreneurial um, spark has gone out because uh, when graduates come out of um, college the last thing they want to do well the last thing they could practically think of doing is starting a business <coughs> um, and the um, the other thing is that the foreign um, students who who we've also benefited benefited from having here mm. um, are now being sent home immediately that they graduate due to um, the government 's policy on immigration so um, so what we have is a situation where we don 't have the um, huge huge surge of talent coming from everywhere into colleges and then we definitely don 't come have them coming out so the thing that that uh, we we 've decided to do um, is to take action and we' found that we 've made um, they founded a, a British Fashion Council education foundation and started to uh, campaign for scholarships um, so that uh, really talented, uh kids can get into doing BAs and it's not just the fees. If you think of living, um, we calculate that it costs £50,000 to achieve a BA now. And whether that's your own money or whether it's loans, that's, that's serious. <coughs> so... Um, so, yeah, um, that's my. I'm Bodicea on that chariot at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about what you feel the biggest things that a young designer needs help with are.
1: Oh, where, does, where to begin? Well, first of all, it goes right back to they have to know who they are before they even try. They have to really um, be able to do something which is very personal and very exceptional. And also, they have to know that it's a life, it's not a job. So, commitment to. Um, And then they just have to be um, very lucky to get the right sort of teaching. Um, And then what do they need? I think they need to be very focused but then also very open to advice as well because Mm. there were generations who went before who who weren't open to advice, who were really not interested in listening to their elders or learning from each other or cooperating. And I think the way that London has come up in the last, well, decade it's taken, um, has been through cooperation, mm. um, people being very open to one another. That's why I got, I got, got involved, because I've been in fashion journalism, watching um, from the periphery what's been happening in London since the late 80s, and, um, you know, seen to, had seen two or three generations rise and then fall, immediately mm-hmm. crash, through not being able to um, know how to run their businesses. Um, and then the last one was you know, the, the stage where we had McQueen and we had um, Hussein and all the designers who were clustered around that time in the late 90s. Stellar even, um, people who just had to leave, yeah. had to go and show somewhere else if, even if they didn't um, um, uh, live elsewhere um and i wasn't prepared to stand by and see another generation go out of business um or you know go and work somewhere else <clears throat> um, because a new generation was coming out of university christopher kane and his cohort um and they were different um and they 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 weren't kind of Solitary people. They came out of came out of university, knowing that um, working together and helping one another, strength in numbers was mm. was going to work. And then um, the British Fashion Council had reorganised by that stage, and become much more proactive and uh, aware of, of of what needed to be done on the business side. So. Mm.
0: It's interesting because London continues to have this reputation for being, you know, sort of the place for young talent and the place for sort of exciting talent, and mm. on a very simplistic level, you know, the place for the kind of crazy spectacles. And obviously, we all kind of love and cherish that reputation of London, and that identity. But I, I wonder if you find, in some ways, that that is also frustrating because it does overshadow the idea that London can be a real sort of a real city with longevity.
1: I don't think we have that reputation anymore actually. Well, I, I, there there's not that much theatre left in fashion anymore anywhere. Why do you think that is? Um because of the internet probably. Um that the the format of of the catwalk shows become very much more narrow. <clears throat> and um and the clothes have to be Photographed frontally, so they look good on um, websites and also on uh, internet uh, on e- e-commerce sites. Um, is is one thing, <coughs> um, and the other is I, I think that 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 designers. I'm not. I'm saying just young designers. All designers, many designers, many brands are just designing for the marketplace. So so the kind of narratives and the imagination they're doing things differently it's not so much there anymore do you find that
0: having watched all those different generations come through do you find that is there an element of nostalgia to you do you look at that Um, the great days of narrative fashion and miss that
1: all i want from a fashion show is to be really surprised so i i I don't i don't want history to repeat itself no um that would be really um pointless Um, um all i look for is 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 to feel something visceral and You know even at even though i've seen so much i'm still i know i could still be surprised and shocked and moved
0: it strikes me do you get you must get quite emotionally attached it must be quite yeah yeah. there's no
1: there's no way i'd be in this fashion in this fashion business if i didn't feel Mm. something about it um it's not it's not just about being professional it's about feeling it
0: Mm. when we had um Tim Blankton, he said he'd never cried at a fashion show. Have you cried at a fashion show?
1: Oh, God, of course. Uh, I'm know? not weeping buckets now, I'm a hard woman. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Um, uh, Helmut Lang shows in the 90s, and I wasn't the only one, um, because he was showing us uh, a version of ourselves and speaking about, about what it was to be um, coming into adulthood in the, in the 90s. Um, it just really touched something in me because before that, I've been pretending, I've been dressing in sort of uniforms which were probably too old for me. When I first came into fashion, it was the power suits and you know, um, big shoulders and pink Chanel suits, <laughs> with, you know, the spot. Um, which is no way for a you know, twenty-two, three-year-old to, to to dress. Um, so then in my, you know, early 30s, to see I see Helmut Lang producing this uniform, which was based on menswear, it was based on school uniform, it was based on all sorts of things, but it, was also, it also had this glamour about it, and it wasn't rough either. It was just so coded. I think being in a position where you can actually understand the codes, that's, emotional too anyway lots of people sobbed in those days <laughs> <laughs> do you
0: find that, that that that's something in the way you approach young designers now is that that personal element or have you kind of removed yourself from that where you don't look at it and think does this touch me do I want to dress like this or do you do you see it in in a more sort of removed it can never
1: way? be about you it should never be about you if you're a critic the worst thing is kind of journalism, and it's not fashion journalism, it's tabloid journalism, who who on earth would wear that, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think that um, I, I, I always have to keep myself open to appreciating something for what it is, in itself, mm-hmm. and consider, even if I don't like it, or even if I object to it, <coughs> who it's aiming, who it's aiming at is a, is really... The fascinating thing. Mm. Um, I'm much more interested in the cultural background, political background. So even if I don't like something, I can still analyze it. Mm. And it's not, my, it's not my business to say whether, who would care whether Sarah Moor wants to wear it or not.
0: <laughs> Do you think we've got too much of that kind of me, 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 I journalism in fashion at the moment? You this idea of, I love this, I want that, I wore this, I went here.
1: Well, I don't read it, so I don't know. I, I just know that I don't use I in my in my in my criticism. I really hate that thing of trying to set dinosaur journalists against bloggers. <laughs> <so> yeah, <laughs> I don't believe in that. I believe in um, everybody having an opportunity, and if they're good, they're good. They'll rise. If there are interesting people who like it, they will get you know they'll get a following, and maybe they'll evolve into what we call journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit sad when journalists have to go and actually, you know, dress up and parade and, and be validated in that way. And thank God I'm not qualified to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you ever consider whether there will always be a fashion critic, whether that role will always be something that interests and excites people or whether we will get to a stage where fashion just isn't criticised? Because there's a, there is a problem, you know, with... Yeah. ..with real fashion criticism.
1: Yes, I mean, I I, I wish that... And it's pie in the sky, but I, I, I wish that the fashion critic was taken as seriously as an equal to the art critic and the theatre critic and the film and the movie critic, and, and that we could move around our world in that, in that way. Question is, who cares? Who cares mm. what, what we're saying anymore? Um, and probably... I think the people who care are the designers and the um, companies where, it, in, in a way, um, we're still talking to the <coughs> the inner, mm. inner circle. We're not dictating anymore in, yeah. you know, what women are going to wear, that's, that, that, was, that was one of the roles, that was the role of the, the, the fashion communicator in the beginning mm. and of course that, that's nonsense now.
0: Do you remember when you started either buying clothes or reading magazines? When did that come in?
1: Well, I couldn't afford any clothes. Um, I mean, it, I suppose the interest in fashion was uh, came from the, my parents' newspaper, which was the Daily Telegraph. <coughs> and um, I think at that time, you would you would see show reviews mm-hmm. um, illustrated, because um, because photographers weren't allowed into into the shows. And um, I think that's how I first started to start doing fashion ra- drawings, mm. and. Um, and my mother encouraged encouraged it, and she had a sister who was who had married um, married well, and she used to have. Um, she was very very fashion conscious, and she was a Vogue reader. And she saw she she came once, Auntie Dodo, and she saw me draw all my drawings. She actually had <coughs> little swatches cut out next to them, and um, she gave me a subscription to Vogue for for my eleventh birthday. Was I mean, I- what 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 changed my life was the fact that there was a Vogue there is still a Vogue talent contest in British Vogue which you won um, I, was, I was a runner I was a runner up okay um, the girl who got who got the actual prize which was an internship was was um, a relation of a cabinet minister at the time I want to to get the point where where you
0: started to aspire to have a career in fashion
1: well I went to a convert school, which was very academic, and and I mean, there was no there was no concept that there could be a job in fashion, I, I, and, and and you know, needlework was looked down upon, mm. um, and I was deemed too clever to do needlework. Not that I would have been any good at it. Well, my mother wanted wanted me to be an artist, um, or no, an illustrator. And I am, I, um, I do illustrate actually mm. still to this day for um, Japan Vogue. Um, but I'd regard, by the time I was doing my A-levels, I'd just realised that I could think and write and, and as well, so I ran away to university after a few months at, at Bristol, to Leeds. Um, and what was brilliant about history of art at Leeds was, I was taught by a woman called Griselda Pollock, who's, I think she's still there, very, very fierce feminist. And, um, and that gave us the wherewithal to critique um, imagery, which has been obviously incredibly useful to me mm. um, in becoming a fashion journalist.
0: It must be difficult as a feminist sometimes working in fashion though, do you find the two difficult to reconcile?
1: Well, do you think that fa- that fashion is anti-feminist? No, <laughs> I don't question? think it's
0: anti-feminist, but as a feminist I find it difficult sometimes, purely just. On a simplistic level, the imagery that you see a lot of—it's you know, highly sexualized or a particular kind of women. It fetishizes youth. I just wonder if if any of those elements ever bother you. If it's something you ever think about. Well, of
1: course, you'd be—you know—you need to be sentient to be bothered by that by that that sort of thing. And I and I do think that that informs what I write. I think what you might be saying is you know, is fashion culpable? Are we to blame? You know, are we tainted by being in it? Um I don't I No, I'm, f- I'm fed up with, with fashion being blamed for so for so many things. Um it's actually a product of everything.
0: Why why do you think so much blame is always levied at fashion?
1: Um, because women wear it, <laughs> simply, yeah. Mm. Um, and and there are always panics, panics about what what women look like and um, whether they're demure or tarty and whether young people are over sexualised. You've kept
0: a sense of removal between yourself and fashion. You haven't let it eat you up. Do you think that's important to being a good critic? Uh,
1: yes, and I it was an anxiety when i started having this role at the british fashion council that i would um get to involved. i mean somebody told me ages ago when i when i first began i think it might have been susie menkes she said sarah never never become, never become never think you're going to be friends with designers and and she's right she's right and because i mean i have seen um you know i would n- i would i would never Go out with lots of people and you know become involved in a good g- friendship group um, because of designers and and people who work in in fashion really because I always did want to have I always do want to have that distance anyway i I'm not that sociable um, <laughs> um, um, but when I yeah so going back to when i when i started when I started this role at the fashion council uh, I think the young designers here understood that That I have many hats and when I'm doing BFC work um, it doesn't mean that when I've got my critics hat on I wouldn't also be critical of them so um, so I've negotiated it so that I'm never sometimes I do smack my friends <laughs> or designers <laughs> that I know and love mm. and um um, that might sound a bit perverted, but some of them have thanked me eventually <laughs> mm. <laughs> because I always try to be constructive—a constructive critic, um, not just saying that's rubbish and I don't like it—and mm. um, some people have come forward, and, and it's just really sweet. And so we, you know, thank you for telling me that. I really, it really made me really think about it. And uh, yeah. Mm.